Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i'm brandon aka brandon hope you're well my guest is an audio engineer a post-production mixer and a producer whose current slate includes but is not limited to doughboys with friends of the show Weiger and mike mitchell and high and mighty with john gabris and she's currently a mainer please welcome emma erdbrink welcome Hello, you pronounced my last name right, so bonus points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, as somebody with the last name that's spelled R-I-E-D-I-E, which makes <laughs> just just like a slapdash combination of letters, doesn't make any sense, and it's pronounced yeah. Reedy, I am deeply aware of like, if somebody has a, a name that isn't like Smith, I'm going to pronounce that right because I know I have a life that is just written, not that it matters, but written with people, understandably, never pronouncing it correctly. Yeah. The first, uh, the first few months I worked with Eddie Pepitone, he would call me Irma. He just like put Emma and Erdrick <laughs> together, and he would call me Irma, which was funny because that was my grandmother's name. And so That's I just kind of like ran with it. And then one day I was like, "No, Eddie, it's actually Emma." And he was like, "I've been saying Irma," and I was like, "Yeah, I know, but I kind of thought it was funny, so I let it ride." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He seems like such a cool guy. Oh, he's so the fun. best. I love him. That's one of the one of the the sad parts of this uh, lockdown is that I don't get to see Eddie every Wednesday. He's so funny. Good lord. The easy to ask, difficult to answer question. How are you? I'm doing all right, you know, hanging out in Maine. Uh, how are you? I'm good, I think. Over in Arkansas. Nice. Of, of course. I've never been to Arkansas. It's pretty beautiful. I believe that. It's the natural state, which is, I still don't understand why we call it that, because it's like, you know, as opposed to the 49 man-made states. <laughs> but you know, but it's like uh, we're the diamond state. We're the only place with diamonds outside of like northern Africa. So I'm just like, just be the diamond state. That's cool. Yeah. Is that is it the natural state? Like it's been the least fucked up by man of the fifty states. I feel like that would be Alaska, <laughs> but I don't know why I feel that way. <laughs> I feel that yeah, Alaska feels. I guess in my brain too. I think like so relatively few people live there that it feels untouched by man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, look, unfortunately. The natural state, they're doing everything they can to to make that moniker make even less sense. Just with, you know, it's like we got to build, right? So I don't know. But it's definitely, you know, it's beautiful. There are a lot of beautiful state parks and things like that. So that's cool. Oh, hell yeah. That's, I mean, Maine's, Maine's similar. Maine's very, Maine's gorgeous up here. And there's not very many people. I mean, I'm on the coast, so there's a lot more people here. But if you go way up into Maine, like central Maine, it's pretty untouched. It's gorgeous. For whatever reason, I don't know what it is exactly, but anytime I think of Maine, the word that comes to mind in my head is cozy. Yeah. That's what I think. Yes, I, I completely get that, especially now that it's uh, getting cold. I think I looked at the weather last night, and to be fair, it was four in the morning, and I was just like working, and I was like, I wonder how cold it is outside. And it was 28 degrees. Good Lord. And that, it almost makes me feel cozier because like, I'm inside and like lucky enough to be in a nice warm house and yeah. cozy, and like you said, cozy. So... But yeah, it's getting, it's winter's here. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord, is it? Yeah, I know. Um, I don't know. That's a thing for me too, where that thing where it's cold outside and I'm in layers and then I'm warm. I sleep so good in a cold room where I'm bundled up. Like, yes, I sleep 100%. so well. Oh yeah. I like prefer to keep the heat low and I like, the only thing is I can't sleep in socks. I don't know what it is about socks. I can't do it. I get really hot when I wear socks, more so than any other single piece of clothing. I don't know yeah. what it is exactly. 
I well, it's funny that you say that because when I was a kid, I didn't like bundling up and I hated wearing the layers, which is probably why I eventually moved to to Southern California. But uh, yeah. whenever I was cold, I would like want to turn the heat up or whatever. And my dad would always tell me to go put a hat on or put some socks on because you're a skeet, you're a skeet, your uh, <laughs> heat escapes your body through your head and your feet. Okay. Is always what he told me. And so when you're cold, you put socks on, and if you're hot, take your socks off. Which okay. is a fun little trick, but when I when it's like in a cold room, my toes are always cold. My feet are always cold. Drives my boyfriend crazy. I like take him <laughs> in his sleep, and he's like, "Stop waking me up with your cold toes." That's funny. <laughs> but I can't sleep in socks. But I will sleep in like a bunch of other layers with a bunch of blankets and stuff, and keep the room nice and cold. Oh yeah, no, exactly. Like I could be dressed for like a Minnesota winter and not have socks on. I'm fine, and then put socks on, and then. It's just like, oh, I'm, I have a fever. Like, what's happening? Like, I'm sweating. Right. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm cold enough that I, or I feel like I want to sleep in socks, I probably am getting sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, no, that's kind of my indicator too. I think. Yeah. When um, when you went to when you moved, at least, you know, temporarily in all of this back to New Hampshire and in Maine, was there an adjustment, or have you been having to adjust to the to the weather? Because I know that people when they tend to move to California are so used to that relative like temperature stasis mm. i've heard of like people who move from chicago and they're just like yeah i've just been completely broken of being prepared for winters now yeah uh, it's funny my boyfriend's from chicago um he's lived he lived in la for a lot longer than i did he's been out there for 10 years i've only been out there for four years so i don't know if i've completely broken myself of mm -hmm. it um and i come home for like two weeks every christmas and i try to to get back as much as i can but when i came here it came it was like the end of may beginning of june so it was summertime so it was pretty warm here so it really wasn't that big of a difference from southern california and to be honest i was only planning on being here for a couple of weeks yeah to kind of like escape la and check in with the fam and i just haven't left yet so my suitcase was packed for like a two-week trip in june so i only have <laughs> like bathing suits and shorts and t-shirts and stuff so i've been wearing a lot of my mom's clothes <laughs> and buying new socks and stuff to to move into the winter but yeah it definitely it's been interesting to watch the seasons change uh, again which i haven't you know explicitly sat through in a couple of years i've come yeah. back and visited in the fall and come back and visited in the winter and but i haven't like sat and watched summer turn to fall and then fall turn to winter and in a while and i forgot how beautiful it is it's gorgeous <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I imagine like California, it's like if you didn't know what day it was or what you know time of the year it was, you wouldn't know otherwise because it's just, again, there's just so much relative stasis. And, I'm, yeah. and granted, that's also pretty nice, but I do like having some representation of the time of year. Yeah, 100%. And when the, when the leaves started changing and fall started kicking in, my boyfriend and I were talking about it. He was like, God, there's something, there's, he's like, there's something in the air. I just don't know what it is. But it like <laughs> reminds me of being home. And I was like, it's the seasons changing. You can like feel it in the air. It's not just, oh, look, the trees are changing. It's a literal change in the air. The air smells different. It feels yeah. different. And I forgot all about that. And it is, it is kind of cool. And I always also forgot about how like before it snows, you can like smell the snow coming. <laughs> Isn't that wild? I, but it's like, it's a weird thing to describe, but it's just like, it's a delight. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Like, I don't think I could describe that to someone who's never experienced it, that, that a <laughs> snowstorm has a smell yeah. to it before it comes. It's not a bad smell. It's just, and I couldn't even describe what it is. I just know it when I, when I experience yeah. it. Yeah, it's like uh, trying to retell a story and then you realize they're not catching on to the same feeling you have. And you're like, oh, you just had to be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You just you just had to be there. Yeah. Yeah. But 
yeah, the weather's beautiful up here. I don't, I'm not cleaning. I'm also, I've been working and I've been so busy. Like I said, I've been up to like three or four every night, just like getting ahead on stuff. So I don't mind it being cold out because I'm not going outside anyway. Well, that's good. I mean, also though, I, I think that especially with all this, to have something to really focus on is you cannot underestimate that right now. Yes, 100%. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been, but I'm trying to get a few weeks off in, Dece- in uh, December. It is December. In January. <laughs> yeah. um, and a lot of my shows that I work on are doing the same. Everyone tries to take a few weeks off. So everybody banks up episodes. So it's great because we can take a few weeks off from recording. But that also means I have twice as much mixing to do in half the yeah. time. Uh, which is fine. It's like this every November, December. I know it's coming. I'm always prepared for it. I'm like ready to sprint. And then Christmas hits and I like pass out on the couch. But um, <laughs> yeah. right now it's kind of great. I'm just completely like enveloped in my own work and not you know wallowing in in the current state of the world as much as I was previously (laughs) yeah how do you like uh just being an independent producer or mixer like that because just to be able to I know you know granted it's like it's it's a reciprocal thing but Mm. to be able to have some control over what you work on I love it. I mean, to be fair, when you first start out as independent, you don't, you just have to say yes to everything that comes your way because you get those periods of time where you have no work. And so when you have work coming in, you just say yes to everything because the, sure. the, the panic of not having anything sets in. But now that I'm at a point where I am, I do have, and I'm lucky that my, my freelance stuff is pretty permalance in a lot of ways. It's a lot of stuff that's the same every week and it's shows that are consistent and it's not like I need to go out every week and find new jobs. But I love it. It's a great feeling to be able to be like, nope, unfortunately, I don't have the bandwidth to take that on at the moment. So I wish you the best of luck or here's someone else who might be able to help you, but I can't do it. And you can't do that at a full-time job. If they're like, here's a project, you kind of just have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's also too, the positive thing about working you know, with people that are creative is like you do a good job and you establish these relationships because like that's like podcasts are so innately intimate too that, you know, it's not just like you're a hired hand. You can really like work with these people and you get to know them. Mm-hmm. And there's like a, and this kind of intrinsic family element to it that allows you to like, oh, if they have a project, they're, they'll probably remember you. Yeah, exactly. And every show is different, which is another thing that I love. I mean, like Doughboys, which I've, I mean, I've been with them for almost three years now. And it's that yeah. really is like a little family. And we have our, our little group chat that's currently blowing up. I can see the text coming in, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I will handle later, I guess. But they we ha- we are constantly talking to each other, whether it's about the show or not. Mostly right now about the show because we're banking episodes and the Chris, we just recorded the Christmas special. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on right now, but that little family is, is great. And then I have other shows that are a lot more, I don't want to say professional because it's not that the, that Doughboys isn't professional. It's just they handle things in a more formal way where it's like, you're the editor and engineer. So like you're only on the audio emails and like here are your tasks. Once they're done for the week, you're good. And then I, we don't, talk to each other otherwise not that we don't want to it's just more of a it feels less diy in a way yeah it's just a little bit more of a machine i guess and yeah and then i have other shows that are that where i'm working like through network stuff and it's dealing with like advertisers and all of that stuff and then like gabrus's show where it's just like technically we're on the network but it's mostly just gabrus and i being like i got so stoned last night here's the audio <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's, it's every show is different and then i think we were talking about this before we started recording but i'm back working at marketplace which is like an npr show or an ma i always say that it's an american public media show that airs on npr stations okay. but they're very much a well-oiled machine like professional like log in on log in at nine log out at five here's your tasks for the day 
just like go mix and that's like a completely different world but I sometimes I like that it's kind of nice to have the structure and then some days it can be like you know what I don't feel like getting on my computer until 10 p.m and mixing tonight and that's what I'm gonna yeah. do <laughs> yeah I feel like I would love that too just you know it's not boring you yeah. have these different these different kind of ecosystems so to speak mm -hmm. because different people do things differently and and again then we, yeah like you said we talked about this before but there's that marketplace is more of like it's more of the formalized this is radio you know as opposed to to like doughboys where they're you've said this before on on a podcast but like as much as they have a format they're also open to whatever too yeah exactly it's a little bit more free uh which is fun and that's one of the things i think i miss most about the pre-quarantine times was being in studio and stuff because i would have days where you know today i'm recording with the boys and i'm spending six hours in mitch's kitchen and then tomorrow yeah. i'm at atc and i'm in the studio all day with like a bunch of different comedians or i'm shooting something with whoever bill burr or whatever is happening on that stage and then the next day i'm at marketplace downtown and it was i was busy and working but every day i was with different people doing different things so even if I got to a point in the day where I was like I am over this and I don't want to do this right now it's kind of like that's okay tomorrow we get to do something completely different and then some days I could just stay home and mix all day and yeah. I could set my own schedule and I missed that part of pre-pandemic now it's all it's all different stuff and different people but at the same desk staring into the same webcam <laughs> yeah no well yeah and I know that that like um you all do the best to kind of simulate that as much as one can in all this. Yeah, trying to. Yeah, which is definitely easier said than done. But mm -hmm. I know for me, I, I very much feed off of people's energies. To, so to be without that... I, that would be tough for me. Honestly. Yeah, it's it's definitely there's definitely something lost recording remotely. Although I think the more we do it, the better we're getting at it. And I think it's funny to see which guests we've had in person and then also who come on remotely. If there is much of a difference between having them like in the virtual studio versus in, you know, Mitch's kitchen or in the ATC studio or whatever. Some yeah. people really do just carry the same energy with them on a Zoom call. <laughs> and it's shocking. Yeah. And like you're just that intoxicating of a person, <laughs> which is so cool. <laughs> Oh, what a what a I fun love little it. trick yeah it's funny you mentioned yeah with doughboys as you know i listen to every episode that it definitely was funny to just experience them adjusting to it and then like recalibrating the dynamic to figure out how to have it mm -hmm. not that they were doing it consciously but you know everybody's adjusting to this new normal and right. then and also to see to hear mitch as he readjusts to being in quincy mm -hmm. and even and i laughed i laughed so hard in thursday's episode where he's he, yelling to his mom. Yes, God, I could <laughs> not. <code> switching. <laughs> yes, exactly. When when the accent just violently came out randomly, it made me laugh so hard. It's funny because I get I get a similar thing. If I like go out and drink with my Boston friends, I will certain things will slip out like that. But it's not yeah. as not nearly as much as Mitch. I also didn't grow up in Boston, so I don't really. People are like you don't have a Boston accent. I'm like most people from Boston get rid of it. <laughs> the, <laughs> the people who have it try to hide it and. Most people don't even have it. It's like not even really Boston. It's more really a suburb, a suburb of Boston kind of thing. But um, yeah. yeah, that that gets me every time. And when we were when we did the live shows in Boston and we went to the bars with all of the Quincy guys and stuff after the fact, it was just like it's just so funny. I almost wish we could have recorded it or taped it or something. <laughs> it was hilarious, but it was so fun. Yeah, uh, Mitch. Um, I mean, I you know having been lucky enough to talk to to both Nick and Mitch. I mean, they're both like it's funny. You know, you 
you hear them on the show, but then to to actually be in a in the position to have talked to them, it's just like, oh yeah, that's who they are. These are just yeah. great guys. Yeah, they're just really great guys, and they're really not. They're no different off off mic than they are on mic, <laughs> yeah. which is one of my favorite things about them. Is they're genuinely. That's just really is. It's who they are. But it's funny. I was thinking, you made me think about talking about like the transition to quarantine times. Someone in the Doughboy subreddit recently said that we like, they want another episode with Claudio Adority. And I think about that episode we did with her right after lockdown started and how bad it was because it was like the first remote episode we ever recorded. We were like testing some software or some website. It might've been Zencaster. I can't remember. And it was just like, bad and it didn't work and there was a lag and the lag became a bit in the episode so i, I listened to it, it recently I, actually yeah, is it is it as bad as i remember it I'm it's ho- no it's hilarious <laughs> it's especially funny because weiger and claudia are fine but it's just mitch that is behind yeah, right so it's just them dunking on him a lot yeah and it's very funny yeah maybe it's maybe it's not really the the content that was bad it was more the, the quality the audio of it all and like oh yeah figured out. i can't like, imagine the nightmare for you to have to figure that out you know and especially though when you're experiencing it live and or just listening to the audio after just like fuck I didn't prepare for this. Yeah. Got to figure it out. And yeah, I mean, as a listener, I have no, I have just the investment of having nothing to do but listen, but you had to figure that out and clean it up. Yeah, it's been an interesting adventure. And that's one of the things like it's, I don't, there's not much I want to say I'm grateful for in this like hellscape of a world right now, but sure. I am kind of grateful for the, like this whole experience has made me learn different things that I don't think I would have learned otherwise. And it's made me a much faster mixer because I yeah. have to move faster in order to get things to the quality that I want them to be. Because the things like if I have all of the people, the boys and the guests in front of me coming into my recorder and I have control over the, the recording, the mixing doesn't take as long because it was recorded in a certain way. And now every one is their own engineer and recording themselves so everything i get is different some people are way too loud some people are peaking some people are there's a jackhammer outside their window and they didn't think to close it it's like a whole laundry list of things that like i think about every time i plug a microphone in but most people don't and i can't expect them to and the amount of people who are just like i don't have a microphone i just have headphones and a computer and i'm like okay well let's fucking see what we can do with it yeah (laughs) you know and i mean i'm sure you i mean you said you've listened there's certain episodes where it's very clear that the person is just on zoom and that's the only audio we have for them and then some people record themselves and it sounds great and then it's just such a mixed bag and there's no way to know what's coming your way except now i know obviously what's coming my way when with nick and mitch's audio they have that down down to a science at this point Yeah, as as somebody who's talked to like a, a wide swath of people too, like just when they initially come into this little chat room thing, I definitely was like, oh yeah, you're a podcaster because it just sounds the best, you know. Mm-hmm. Like they've had all the they have all those considerations too. Totally. But um, to what you said though about like not wanting to you know be thankful thankful for things and all this, I know exactly what you mean in that there there have certainly are for me things I've learned that are good from all this or had to learn things that I ordinarily would not have faced or whatever the case may be just because of the the situation in which we find ourselves but I'm certainly would sacrifice any of that shit to not have a fucking pandemic oh a hundred percent yeah I mean I would rather have not experienced this any of this at all <laughs> no, but of I, there are certain things I mean 
but the truth is we're here and it is what yeah. it is. And so let's try to find the silver lining in it because if you're just constantly looking for like the awful aspects of it, you're that's all you're going to find. And it's kind of about what you put out. It's what you get back and blah, blah, Absolutely. blah, all that stuff. So I'm trying to be like, and I, I am super lucky in that like I was able to come and be with my family and that I've been here for six months and that my work is as consistent. If anything, I'm working more now than I think I might have yeah. had I been just like normal life in LA because Marketplace was an in-person job that required me to be in an office from nine to five. And I, that's part of the reason I started there in 2017 and I left in like September of 2019 because I was too busy. I just couldn't, I had recordings with the boys. I had sessions other places and I couldn't give them nine to five. But I always said, if you can, if I can mix, you know, remotely from somewhere else, then I can mix pieces for you and I can help out. I just can't necessarily be there in person. And now that everything is remote, it's great because I can be online for them for eight hours and available. And if they have a mix to send my way, I'm here to do it. But I can also work on other stuff because I have my my other setup. And so it's kind of I've been able to like multitask in a way that I don't think I could have otherwise, which is kind of yeah. cool. And I'm super lucky to be able to do that. And I know so many people have lost their jobs and are, are stuck at home, you know, locked down with nothing to do. And I feel for them. That's absolutely I just I can't even imagine I just like count my lucky stars every day that I have a job that was apparently pandemic proof I had no idea <laughs> yeah it is wild too just the uh that realization of like in a way of to your point about like marketplace and things like that about a reminder of like how important it is to at least sometimes like get outside of your own comfort zone mm -hmm. and realize what's possible mm -hmm. because you know it sucks to do it because it's comforting to be around confirmation bias and just all these things are just like yeah that's the right way to do it but it's like you don't know what you don't know sometimes and right. and realizing of just because it is this way doesn't mean it has to be this way right exactly and just because it is this way right now doesn't mean it's going to be this way forever is the other Absolutely. side of it and like yeah the world sucks right now doesn't necessarily <laughs> yeah. mean it's going to be that way forever maybe it will and that would suck but maybe it will and i think it's important to like keep a mentality that entertains both possibilities kind of preparing for the worst but hoping for the best kind of absolutely like, don't diminish what's happening in the world right now because you're busy or like just because i have a job and i'm busy and i'm you know working all the time doesn't mean that other people aren't out there unemployed and suffering and it's important to remember that both exist and just because you're busy and tired from working too much does not mean that you're tired is less valid than the people who are unemployed and stressed out about that. Like everyone's feelings are valid. Everyone's going through their own thing. And it's important to remember that and not invalidate people, especially right now. So I feel like I see that online. People are like, well, you have a job. So like, you're lucky, like you should shut up and like not complain. And it's like, well, no, but working right now is not easy either. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, your problems are still your problems, and that's right. valid. And the world you know? still sucks. And just because, <laughs> yes. I, and having a job is great, but it also means that there are days that I really just want to like lay in bed and get high and not think about anything and like wallow in the in the state of the world. And I can't because I have to get on Zoom and make dick jokes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, and then and then of course, like somebody in here is like, "Oh, you got something against dick jokes now, huh?" Yeah, like, "Oh, you're gonna make dick jokes, yeah. huh?" Okay, yeah, that's offensive. It's like, all right. Well, <laughs> yeah, I did say, oh, anti-dick jokes. Mm, I knew it. Everybody's anti-something at this point. It's just you can't please everybody. <laughs> I know, I know. I try to live in the that in the in between of the polarities of like this is the greatest thing and this is the worst thing. Right. Because and I feel like such an 
old man in a rocking chair and like, you know, outside my house just thinking this, but I do believe just like the idea of there is seems to be a little bit like less room for nuance than ever. Mm-hmm. You know, like as if like something can be good and bad at the same time for different reasons. Right. And it's just like that's just how shit works. Like life is complicated nothing is this or that right yeah that's the basis like i think in you you start learning that in middle school the like concept of dualism that for good to exist bad has to exist and vice versa yes for bad binary good has to exist if everything is good then nothing is good if everything is bad then nothing is bad you have to have both and you have to acknowledge both and i mean i have a special needs brother who's he's three years older than me but he's mentally like four or five Mm -hmm. And part of the reason I came home was because he his program was closed and he was just home with my parents who are who are both working. And so it's hard to and I feel for people who have children at home right now. I can't imagine my sister takes helps take care of her boyfriend's two kids. And it's just I can't imagine imagine. having children right now. (laughs) So anybody out there doing that, you are a fucking hero because I couldn't do it. But I came home partially because his program was closed and he was kind of just stuck home. And I was like, well, my schedule is usually pretty flexible. I could hang out with him during the day and just work at night while he's sleeping so that he's not just, you know, being babysat by a TV all the time or watching movies and which he loves. He'll do that forever. But I still (laughs) I can do that, too, but definitely need to switch it up. Sure. Yeah. We still got to like go for a walk and. And he needs full, like, one-on-one care. He needs help in the bathroom. He needs help. He can't feed himself. I mean, he can use a fork and a spoon, but he can't make the food for himself. You need to feed him. And yeah. he he needs help bathing and all of this stuff. So he's a he's a full-time job in and of himself. Um, his program, luckily, is back open now, and he is thriving in it because awesome. he's such a little social butterfly. But he is, like, I talk about him online all the time, and I'm sure people get tired of it, but he is, like, a complete ray of sunshine. He's just the happiest dude in the world. He's always laughing. It's, like, my favorite part of the day when, he get, when like, my mom gets home with him, and I'm, like, sitting at this, my, I'm, I've completely co-opted my dad's office and, like, completely <laughs> taken over his desk. It's barely his anymore. I feel bad. <laughs> I have to get it back. But uh, he'll come into the room that I'm working, which is right next to his bedroom, and he, like, always comes in with a huge smile on his face, and, he, and no matter what time of day, he says, good morning. Emma I'm like buddy it is 8 p.m <laughs> it's not morning but he's always smiling and he goes, how was your day good did you have fun yes and he's just always in a great mood and I just like think since I was a child realized that he is just the embodiment of pure good in so yeah. many ways that if he exists then the opposite has to exist people who are truly evil people must exist but he's here and putting this vibe and this energy out so like if he's here it's going to be okay. <laughs> On top of many other things, but just like this delightful bit of, of like just abject perspective. Right. Of, of realizing, you know, in, in a way, it's like it doesn't have to be this way. And uh, sounds like a, an absolute delight. Yeah, he is, he is an absolute angel and I love him to bits. And he still, like, still believes in Santa Claus and that whole bit. So being here for the holidays is always, a, I mean, I always come home for Christmas. I've told every job I ever had, like I will work all of Thanksgiving for you. I'll do whatever you need there, but I will not work Christmas. I go home for Christmas. Fire me if you have to. <laughs> like I, I will not <laughs> yeah. work for Christmas. So I always come home, but it's been nice to be here longer and be able to like go get the Christmas tree with him. And, and I've been like, I was trying to explain it to my boyfriend cause he's never really seen it him around Christmas before. And I was like, no, I don't think you understand how magical. You have no idea what you're prepared like, for. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's as an adult who fully understands that like 
if you still believe in Santa, don't listen, but Santa's not real. <laughs> but <Spoilers>. like, <laughs> if you're like, as an adult, it's easy to lose those little magical moments of Christmas because yeah. you, you, it's, it's really for kids in so many ways, but for him, it's still very real. And the truth is I can stand in the room and make jokes about how Santa's not real and he'll look at me and it goes right over his head. He has no idea. <laughs> and then he's like asking Santa for things. And I'm like, what did you ask Santa for last night? For some reason, it turned into, like, when you go to bed, you, like, ask Santa for presents. Like, it's, like, praying, but talking to Santa. I don't know how that came to be, but that seems to work for him. So that's what we do. I don't know. I like that a lot, though. It that works. makes me very... That's a very happy thing. It's funny that I was just randomly... I just randomly remembered when I realized Santa wasn't real. We were at my parents' friend's house. It was Christmas morning, and we opened presents. And they wrote a letter saying, like, enjoy your Christmas. And it was signed Santa. And I, at the time, was, like, collected, like, autographs. They threw it away. And I was just like, why would you throw away Santa's autograph? Like, that's rare. Yeah. Santa signed this. And they threw it away. And then like a week later, I'm like, oh, Santa doesn't fucking exist. I don't know. I, I, I want to relive those times because I have thought about that of I want to feel the way I felt about Christmas right, now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not exactly a Grinch, but I'm also just like trying to figure out ways to manufacture that feeling. Right. Yeah. And I think I'm super lucky in that my brother's existence in my life is exactly get, it like kind of lets me do that. We get to make reindeer food and put the cookies out and like. I know I'm the one who's going to eat the cookies and I'm the one who's going to pull all the presents out of the closet with my mom and dad and like put them under the tree so it looks like Santa came. But yeah. it doesn't matter. It's still fun. You still get to play the game and pretend and it's a great time and he's just the best and I like I'm that's one of the things in this whole situation that like I am so grateful for the fact that I came home to spend time with him and help help be with him because I've now been here for just about six months, and I don't think I would have ever spent this time with him, ever, if this pandemic wasn't happening. And I don't mean that to say that I want this pandemic at all. Like, obviously I don't. But the fact that I got to come home for six months and hang out with my brother like this is, I never would have been able to do it otherwise. And I'm eternally grateful for the time we've had. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, to your point, too, though, too, like, it's an awful fucking time. Right. No question about it. There will always still be, if you can figure it out, you know, and sometimes it's harder in certain situations than others, but there's always something to be thankful for. And just sometimes you just have to look harder. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's a hell of a thing to be thankful for and to, to be able to, to just have that time. Like you can't beat that. Yeah. And my boyfriend had never really, I mean, he'd met my brother before, but only for, we had come back for his 30th birthday a couple in February, actually, right before things locked down, we had my brother's 30th birthday party, which was a wild experience in and of itself. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but bigger than any party I've ever had, there was probably 50 people. We did it like an open house. We were like, just come by anytime between four and eight. There'll be food, you know, come say hi, leave whenever people showed up at four and stayed till 10 PM and like, didn't leave. That's they so were cool. so excited to be there. It was, it was truly a great experience, but they had only met briefly and now they've gotten to like really get to know each other and they're like best friends. And it's, it's such a, it's warming my heart every time. And it's just like these little experiences, like the world sucks and I hate this situation, sure. but I have to like, you have to look at the, those few positive things and be grateful for them because otherwise you're just going to cry. It's kind of like, you got to laugh about it or you're going to cry about it. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I, I completely agree. I, uh, I think about how like, it's important that if you can, and again, it's easier said than done sometimes, but to like try to maintain the understanding like the cosmic joke of everything right to because like i try to be mindful if as much as i can to like maintain my silliness as much as possible because it makes things so much easier for me otherwise a hundred percent yeah exactly and i think 
part of the the issue with the with the dialogue of things now is it, we're all so mad at each other it feels like yeah. it's, everyone's angry and everyone's yelling and i get it there's a lot of things to be angry about but like pointing fingers and like talking shit about each other doesn't help anybody and there's something i was talking about this the other day with someone about like i just don't give a shit what most people think about me so often and i just kind of do my thing and like just leave me alone and i think part of that is because of my brother and like growing up with a special needs kid as a brother everybody was constantly staring snickering whispering confused and it's not even mean they just don't understand so they stare and that's yes. fine and i get that and then there's some people who are just, just straight up dicks who will say like just fucked up stuff to like in the grocery store and you're like what what's your what's your beef like what's your problem yeah <laughs> like just keep moving we don't need to be in the same aisle it's fine and it's just one of those things but i ever since i was a child that was one of those things like oh people are staring or looking or whispering or whatever whatever that's their problem like that's their loss honestly and i think that's i didn't realize how much that was ingrained in me until now and everyone's screaming and yelling at each other about their political beliefs or whatever yeah. beliefs they want a vaccine they don't want a vaccine they want this they want that this all that whatever i just do you i can't i can't pretend to tell you what's best for you and your life and your body and your existence so just do you and let me do me and like if we disagree that's fine just fucking stay away from me and leave me alone <laughs> exactly. yeah no that that particular that deeply resonates with me because i have i have a muscle disease and so growing up i mean deep anxiety with just not being able to control you know certain mm. things and just trying to control your environment as much as you can totally which doesn't go away but you just kind of like learn to let go of things right uh, to a certain degree especially like now with a place where with all this you know our our sense of control and our illusion of control is like shot at the moment but like that's something i had to really learn mm -hmm. was that when somebody is like mean to you or that they're not being as accepting as, as you would like i suppose that ultimately it starts with them yeah a hundred percent that's a it's a it's problem their problem them, not within you and yes. yeah exactly that's yeah that's huge like people's anger towards you is usually rooted in something they're angry about within themselves not so much you and i Absolutely. mean every situation's obviously different but yeah it's just it's you can't you gotta accept what you can control and do what you can to control what you actually have the ability to control and whatever you can't control you just have to let it go because if you worry about it all the time you're not gonna have any fun <laughs> exactly yeah i it's it's just try to yeah you know it's like all you can do ultimately is live what you define as like the right way do your best try to do right with people lead with empathy and certain people will respond positively some won't and it's just if you can't just like let go of that shit and just live your best life yeah and you know to, to quote in vogue for your mind and the rest will follow exactly just be kind and smile and be polite to people and i guarantee your life will be a better place if if you just like kind of put that energy out all the time there was this one time it's one of my favorite things but it's like one of my best descriptors of my brother is my mom was in the grocery store one day in exeter i think it was stop and shop at the time might be hannah for now for those of you who care about the specifics <laughs> of grocery stores and regional chains um i believe it's hannah for now but they uh my mom was in the grocery store one day with my brother, which is always a feat because he wants to say hi and talk to everyone. So like a five minute trip to the grocery store is 35 minutes. It's a production. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole production with him, <laughs> um, especially now because like people don't get weird if you get close to them. And he's like walking up being like, hi, and his mask's <laughs> half off his face because he yeah. hates it. And it's just, whew, 
it's a it's an event but <laughs> my mom was in the grocery store once with him and a butcher who was like behind the butcher counter like came out and came up to my mom and was like I just have to tell you that I was having a really awful day and I've been going through some like really hard personal stuff lately I'm paraphrasing obviously I wasn't there yeah. this is just the, the story I heard but like he was having a really hard day and he's like and I just I felt someone looking at me and I looked up and your son was smiling and waving at me and I just I just think you should know what a joy he is and how every time I see him he just makes me so happy and like now I don't know if it's the same butcher but for years after that he would come when my brother was at the grocery store he would like come out from behind the counter he would say hi to him they would talk they would catch up and like it was just one of those things where Michael didn't say anything he's not the most articulate person but he just smiled and waved at this dude and it completely made his day. And yeah. that's such a cool, it's just, it's, if Michael can do that, then I can do that. Like just smile at people, wave at them, be polite, you know? And if you're having a shitty day, then like, that's fine. You don't need to smile and wave at people, but you also don't need to like throw your shitty mood at other people. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just like the thought of like, just because you're miserable, don't try to make other, like you should be trying to better that as opposed to, just trying to drag people down with you to normalize feeling shitty. Right, exactly. And again, uh, easier said than done some days. But, well, yeah, and every situation's you know, different. Everyone's life is different. I mean, I'm only, I can only speak from my own experiences, so absolutely. Take, it, take it all with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> That's as good a way to end this show as, as any. What all uh, do you want to plug or point people toward before we wrap it up? I'm assuming a bunch of people listening are already fans of the Doughboys podcast, but if you're not, go check it out. It's a bunch of bullshit where we talk about fast food and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, it's pro dick, dick joke jokes. too so yeah. if you're anti-dick joke super pro disregard dick jokes. yeah come yes. jokes all of the above um, violently so some days passionate passionate declarations <laughs> of love for fast food all of the above it's a great That's show the best. um but yeah i mean i have a i work on a bunch of shows i mean high and mighty with gabrus is is a all-time fave gabrus is it. great and then i've been working with the team over at ask rana um, another great podcast with brian Safi and rana glickman uh also known as jessica chaffin She's um, so funny. Oh, Rana's great. It's so much fun. It's an advice podcast. So if you want to, you know, if you're missing your, your weekly gossip drip, that's a good place to get it. Awesome. <laughs> but I mean, other otherwise, you can just find me on, on the internet. I'm on Instagram and Twitter as uh, Emma Tree, E-M-M-A-A-T-R-E-E. -E. And anything I do is usually there. There's also a bunch of pictures on my Instagram of me and my brother because that's all I've been doing for the past six months. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. This was so fun. I love it. Yeah, of it. course. Thank you for having me. This was a great time. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. Please wear masks. Stay safe. Take care. Lead with empathy. Thank you again. Bye.